Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the weekend warriors. Thank you for downloading today's episode of the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, brought to you in part by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by Motion Raceworks for all your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, visit MotionRaceworks.com today. What's up, West Coast Cam? Unfortunately, not a lot in the racing scene. Well, well, Cam, uh, that monotone, I've got to cut you off right there. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in. As Cam chuckles to himself, we are going to be talking to one of the many voices and peers, if you will. He's probably more our mentor, uh, based on the fact that he has set the world on fire many, many moons ago for XM Radio and getting going on WFO Joe Costello. So we are going to bring Joe in a little bit, and we're going to talk about what it is that is a draw as a racer or a race team to media per people to uh, get your attention, get your name out there, get yourself on shows like WFO, NHRA, Nitro, Ignition. Joe has got a list. I think he, he's down there in Miami. He's got a show that talks about the poolside at the Blue Fountain Hotel. But nonetheless, we'll figure out how to get you on. But before we get rolling, dude, it's like three weeks in a row. I'm screaming from the mountaintops. If you are not over here ordering CBD MD and using the RIRC discount code to get yourself healthy, focused, sleep, energized, rested. Give it to your dog that won't stop barking at the damn TV. All you got to do is get CBD MD. Cam, how's your arm doing? It's good. It's actually uh, been a lot better since I've started taking it. And I actually had a, probably like a handful of people reach out and said they used the promo code themselves. And they uh, were greatly appreciative to CBDMD themselves and Racers and Rental Cars because they're actually listeners. And they actually did what they were supposed to do and used the code, got a discount. Voila, everybody's happy. Would you look at that? I'm telling you, look, my wife and I actually sent the, the testimonial uh, yesterday, today obviously is Wednesday, we're, we're recording, but yesterday I sent it, 
and I sent it to the marketing department. My wife has been taking the CBD with melatonin for nighttime, and she has been through so many different sleep medicines or, you know, over-the-counter vitamins, this, that, you know, everybody trying something, her trying something to try to get her rested and well night, you know, a good, well-rested night's sleep, and she started on the CBD three weeks ago when we got it, and she has worn the bottle out. I had to order a new bottle yesterday. So, I, I mean, I too, of course, use the RIRC discount code. Dude, 25% off. When my cart filled up, and boom, there it was when I saw the discount. I was screaming. You've been doing a lot of screaming lately. Dude, I, I was screaming. Hey, man, I was screaming at my Mac earlier because I wasn't even turning on and but i think um it's been sitting at about 14 minutes remaining for like the past hour now so well everybody's going to be tuning in next week and they're going to hear about the fact now let's say two weeks they're going to hear about the fact that your mac is still not running after it's been down for over a year because you didn't feel like you wanted to run the technical side of racers and rental cars podcast so you figured out a way to destroy your mac just like you don't do the dishes in your house because you do them wrong and and Angie <laughs> runs you out of the kitchen you're thinking this same mentality is working as uh, being a co-host on the show yeah man so far so good <laughs> you're an ass <laughs> no I'm uh, excited I, I hope it works anyway well, I hope it works, too, for the love of God and all things holy. I'm over here. I got entirely too many things going on. I got to run this recorder, that recorder. I got StreamYard. I got YarmStream. I got Restream. I got this stream. I got SodaStream. You need some of these streams over on your MacBook so I can, like, get a breath in here sometimes. Maybe. I'll, I'll consider it. If you're going to get your Mac to work, you might be the, you might be the Manscaped moment of the week. <laughs> Uh, it's very possible well hey let's get this started this show's dropping it's on saturday nhra is back we are in indy for the indy nats uh can you have a mouse in your pocket yeah i know you won't be there (laughs) do you want do you do you want to break down your deal you do you want to do that before we get started with joe I mean, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, well, I, hey, hey, the floor is yours there, host. Go. No, I just unfortunately, we had to make an executive decision. I mean, obviously, um, this COVID deal isn't exactly the best best time to be securing sponsorship and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously, I haven't given up and, and any of that. But we, with the, and this is no offense to NHRA by any means, it's just with the pay cut that we had to take and the qualifying money plus... Um, some of the partners, I mean, we have partners, but not all of them were able to continue right away, you know, because the pandemic is still going on. It's just not cost effective for us to run the dragster. Now, Terry has some funding for the funny car. Um, so he's going to run that this weekend and then we're going to kind of play it by ear after that and see kind of how everything shakes out. Uh, another thing too is with, um, as much as I'm a fan of the two qualifiers and just the Saturday qualifying, I think that's awesome. But with being an all volunteer crew, we only have one crew and two cars. So that makes it really hard to run potentially three, if not four runs on in one day, it's next to impossible. So 
we would need that extra little funding in order to bring it, you know, to fly in some more people and, and, you know, to hit it a little bit harder. So we're just trying to, uh, to, you know, play smart a little bit and, and go from there, you know? Um, and also there was, there's 18 cars entered. Um, I was sitting there waiting to, to push enter on the, on the thing because I really wanted to go, but with, um, you know, I would have been number 19 and I mean, it's great that, that there's, that there's a full field and actually some extra cars, but, um, unfortunately it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, say, Oh, well it's a definite maybe on a qualifying check. So, but with that being said, I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, using it as a Debbie Downer moment. Yes, I'm extremely bummed that I don't get to go racing because I want to see everybody and go fast because um, it's what I love to do. But I will be back in some way, shape, or form soon. I well, promise. I think, you, I think you're totally carrying along the things that we talked about You know, when we first started the podcast when we were breaking down different angles of being a driver and a race team and sometimes you know the the driving the racing aspect of it that's really the byproduct that's secondary we've got a it's a business you've got to function it as a business and you cannot just run around living off of a credit card and right. owing people money for parts or fuel or whatever the case that's right i don't i don't uh i don't race like that and you know i my, my personal life is completely separate from my, my racing life. And I try not to, when it comes to finances and I try really hard to not merge them together because I, I have a, a wife and a child that, uh, I have to care for. And, uh, that's very important to me. So, um, they are, my family is a number one and I'm, I don't, I'm not a credit card racer. So, um, if there's no money, there's no fun. So, but I mean, also with that being said, I mean, I, I still do have some partners that have, that have stuck with me and, you know, just because they put a hold on their marketing budgets right now, that doesn't mean that they're not coming back. So, you know, like people like Impy and stuff, like they're, they're still, uh, uh, on board with me and, uh, it's just, we're just trying to wait, wait it out. Um, you know, they're keeping me busy with the off-road stuff. Uh, I think they want me to do another off-road event. So that'll be kind of cool. Uh, in the meantime, so just, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get my bracket car. Um, my motor should be done actually in a week or two. So, yeah, I'll, I'll still be racing. It's just, I mean, I want to be racing top fuel. So, and that's what I'm going to do. I'll be out there before the end of the year. I Shoot, I, I'd like to say I'll be there in August. Well, I would, I would hope that I get to see you sometime in August. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's I just if there's no, wrong. if there's any races. Ah, well, with that segue, let's go ahead and jump right off into the deep end of the pool and, and, and let's do the, the glass half full at the glass half empty. Let's get WF Joe Costello spun up, rung up, see if we can like get him all worked up like Tommy boy and turn him loose. <laughs> Joe, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. Oh, look at that voice, man. That is just like a, I love it. I love You're it. the only person that has ever said that, Cam. Thank you very much. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Actually, some people tell me it's unique. That's what I get. It's a very unique voice. I know it's you. And that's great, but come on. You hear those guys with the great pipes, big pipes, Reinhardt's pipes. I just have a unique voice. But thank you for saying it. it made me feel better. And you know what else makes me feel better? Is that hearing you be bummed about not going makes me feel a little better about being bummed about not going either. People need to realize I am also not going this weekend or next Oh, I didn't know that. No, nope, it's new information. It's not that new. I've known. But 
it could have maybe changed, right? Like they were working at. They're going. That's how very, I was. Exactly. They're going very thin this weekend. It's like every I has got to be dotted, every T in terms of fan interaction. You know, that's what I do. And there's not going to be a lot of fans calling Lucas Oil Series racing. There's not going to be a lot of. There's not going to be Lucas Oil Series cars for the most part. Uh, so they said that I'm going to pick up at the first official back real scheduled race. These are. One-off events. <laughs> yes, TBD, Matt. And so it's you and me, Cam. We're going to be That's watching. That's right. It's the TBD no. Nationals. <laughs> I did have a joke that I that I I didn't want to make, but I'll make it anyway. I, I suggested that maybe I'm the designated survivor. You know, like you got to keep somebody away just in case. Like, you know, what happens? But uh, bummed out, but I'm excited that racing is back. I'm bummed for you, though, because you have been doing so well. But this is okay, Cam. It's uh, going through a crazy transition in the sport. And you're going to be there because time is on your side. You've already proven you've got the want to and the desire and the ability. And those are big. And your age, you're so young, you are drag racing's future. So don't get too upset about one or two races right here. Yeah, it's all good. And like I was telling somebody earlier today, I said, if if it's going to be the time to miss some races, that you know, it's it's a hell of a good excuse to, to have <laughs> the whole situation. So it's, it's all good. It, I mean... As we know, there's a lot of bigger and uh, more financed teams out there that aren't going to be there either. So, um, right. Yeah. And what you said about credit card racers, uh, as as that's how we always came up bracket racing. My dad would always say, like, we can't do anything that jeopardizes the house, your mom, her car, getting to work, going to school, like real regular life. Like that must right. function on its own. And then anything we do on the side for racing is our thing. But until we build that stable existence over there, we can't do anything over here. And we always raced with people who wouldn't do that, right? They would just, like you mm-hmm. said, on the credit card, new engine, new slicks, new something. We had, uh, you know, 200 run slicks and they had brand new slicks and we had to race against them. And that was just the deal. And I respect it. I respect it. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, and, and I'm not to say that I haven't put some stuff on a credit card before in my racing career, but I'm just, you know, as you get older, you start to realize, you know, you, after you pay those suckers off a couple times, you're like, yep, I'm done with that. So it's, those are for emergencies in life, not for racing. So now when the kid is 15 and or 16 or 17 and he's like, dad, let's do this, dad, let's do it. Then maybe. Then that's, a, that's another, that's another situation. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. You'll have her outnumbered. That's right. <laughs> yeah, vote, vote, votes matter. Votes matter. That's right. Thank you. Well, Joe, I am not even going to bother trying to do an introduction or have you do an elevator pitch because I am almost 99% sure anybody that's listening to our podcast knows who WF Joe is, Joe Costello. So I just want to jump right on in and let's get after some bannering back and forth. Here's some good discussion. This week, we are kicking off in HRA. Obviously, you've, you've noted you're not going to be there. Cam's not going to be there. I, I preface the show by saying that we are going to do a glass half full, glass half empty. I am glass half full right now because I'm going to Indy. I'm, when the show drops, I'm at Indy. I'm racing uh, part of the Indy Nats. And I, next week, I'll be headed to Columbus for the Jeg Sports National. I'm glass half full. I'm also glass half empty. Because I'm very skeptical about whether or not we are going to have an NHRA national event tour to conclude 2020. 
I think I that believe, yeah, I believe I have all the room and justification in the world to have glass half empty. I like to be glass half full as often as possible. But what is that saying about the uh, the engineer says the glass is uh, all the way full, half with water, half with air kind of thing? Um, it all depends on what you're looking at it, how you're looking at it. And we want to keep people safe and we've got to go by the facts that are on the ground where we're racing. So what we've already learned is it's maybe unwise, like you want to plan for the uh, the worst situation and hope for the best situation, and that's what we're we're doing. So we're on the eve of these races, as you said. When this drops, this podcast drops, uh, you know you'll be at the track racing. The stars of the Mellow Yellow series will have tested on Friday. They'll be qualifying on Saturday and then racing on Sunday. Everybody's got to do everything right. And when they do everything right, then maybe we can come back the following week. And when we do everything right that following week, and they learn a little bit more about what can happen, then we move on to potentially our first race, which will be Denver, because, you know, Seattle has already been canceled. And it's about the local communities and whether those communities feel it's, number one, worthwhile, two, safe, three, uh, that the track operators are trustworthy to, you know, be given the opportunity. Will the stars align? We don't know. We can only control what we control. And that's where we have to go. You got to, as a race team, you can worry about yourself. You can worry about your car. You can worry about how you're handling it and interacting with people. That's the way I view it as well. And if things were to change and the facts on the ground change, then we're going to deal with that at that time. You know, what is it? Improvise, adapt, overcome, whatever the circumstance. And that's what we're going to have to do. So to plan for this schedule and that schedule, if I see nitro cars on the track at all, period, that's a win. That's a win. We've taken a step. And then we have to get a, a race winner at the end of the day on Sunday and talk about it and promote it and get on Fox to promote our sport one time to this big audience that's sitting home that doesn't know drag racing. That will be a win. And then you just look at it one step at a time and get as far down the road as possibly you can. And that's it. That's what 2020 is all about. I'm just getting through. Yeah. Survival. No, and that, and that is, it, it's going to be that way. I, at the same time, you be, you're just sitting here waiting. That's, and I think that's, we're all doing the same thing. I, I don't really think that it matters. Uh, the PGA is, they're waiting. The basketball, baseball, NFL, college football, everybody, when it comes to the sports, which is, which, and I need to say this, which we're not a necessity. Right? We're, we're not. We, uh, yeah, we're in sports and it's big business, but it's also the entertainment business. And it's things, you know, competitive individuals playing something that truly is not 100% necessary. It's a necessary distraction, if you will, uh, from life and the, the craziness that we're reading on social media or watching on the idiot box if you have it turned on longer than 30 seconds. Um, but, but we're not a necessity and, and it is challenging when, when we say that we're not a necessity, but there are people that are involved in business that it is their necessity. When you have somebody like the Brandomir family that's battling a legal battle over them being able to run their business, I, I, I mean, how can you fault them and, and, 
you know, sit back on social media. I saw somebody went long-winded about, you know, they lost respect for the Brandemir family that they don't have any have any um, thought process or genuine concern for for mankind. And I was like, <laughs> That's- I, 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 are you kidding me here? Yeah, of all track owners, they're probably ones that are, you know. So on, on that subject, though, because I have, I I love the track, I love the facility, it's probably my favorite event to go to, super excited about going there, and have had some really good conversations with the family and family members, and I know that they care about mankind and all of that, but at the same time, I just don't know what went down. And, I, you know, to talk about what went down, like I know they were allowed a certain amount of people and apparently the local government inspectors said that they were over the number. But why? Was there a miscommunication? Was it uh, brazen? You know, who knows? I don't know. And that's and I wasn't there and I don't know, like maybe they felt like they had a, a deal to do something differently. Like, So I would never suggest to know their motivations or what happened. But the bottom line is the bottom line. And the local inspectors claim to, to, to say that, you know, if they can't have those cars there for the a jet car race on July 4th or whatever it was, you know, our big mellow yellow series crowd, they had a big divisional crowd out there pretty recently too. And I thought that that was okay. And that's why I'm a little confused about the deal, but it's about trust right now because local government, as you said, Don, non-essential personnel, that's what we are. We're a hobby. We're entertainment. We're a hobby. A nice distraction. And they probably want us to have that available. But if it's going to become a danger or dangerous, or if we, as in racing in general, prove we're not trustworthy, then they're just going to say no. They're just going to say no because it's not worth it to them. Now, when you've got a great business like Bandemir that has been a, a cornerstone of that community, they are a big part of it. I think that they have some pull and some juice and who knows what it was. But at the same time, my, my, um, racing, you know, connections and friends have been complaining to me a little bit about some of these round tracks in the middle of nowhere. Think about it like Idaho, Iowa, where dirt track racing is big, but it's just local dirt track racing. And the community says, all right, you guys can open and you can have 25%. That's what we're letting you have because that's what's safe. We don't want to make any mistakes, whatever. And on the first night, they let 100% in and they try to hit a home run and then they get closed down. And so then all of a sudden, you've broken the trust right away. Like, we told you 25%, and you let 100% in. That's that's a problem. Everybody's trying to figure out. You can't just, like, bust through the deal. Um, and we're fighting it. That's what we're fighting. Like, And the problem is a lot of people still are not taking this thing seriously. A lot of people still think it's just a made-up thing. And so if you believe it's just a made-up thing then of course you're going to let your full crowd in there because it's not even real. <laughs> you, know, you know, man, that thing isn't even real. It's all made up, except it's real. You know, and I know because of where I live and we've had so many NHRA people like Jock and Todd Smith and others, yeah. Bobby Bennett, who have told us, hey, this is real. I had it. I almost died. It was very terrible. This is not the flu. This is a real deal situation. Don't get it. Not to mention the the hospital bill. Like, you know, even if you recover, somebody's <laughs> got to pay for all that time in there. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. Like, I feel like there's, you know, you got a couple problems with the whole thing. You got you got Facebook in general that just, people just go on there and just 
talk trash. Yes. Uh, and yeah. And then the other, the other problem is, is the people that it hasn't affected anybody in their family. You know, like I, I have some family members that, uh, they actually were keeping it extremely quiet. And I found out that grandpa, mom, sister, they all, they finally announced everybody had it. You know, George Striegel at Clay Smith Cam's like, he's not doing very good right now. And they, and they're actually my family. I don't, a lot of people don't know that I'm related to them. My cousin married their grandson, but, um, so it's like super close to home. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, Tracy, like share, like all these people got it. And like, now, now it's, it's affected, you know, and now you can see the, it's right there. And, but most people, they don't have any way to be like, oh, well, yeah, sure. You just got the flu, whatever. But, you know, until your grandma or your grandpa passes away or your mom or dad or something like people don't care. They, that, and that's a, a major problem with humanity. And I know that's not what this show is, but people can't understand other people's situations until it's happening to them. And then they understand right away. Like, oh, I didn't realize. Well, yeah, it would have been so much easier if you could have realized and we would have traveled down the road. Apparently, this thing gives you blood clots in your lungs and, and your susceptibility to stroke goes up like a, a, a huge number. And even when you recover, like I'm, I'm recovered now, supposedly from what I'm understanding is that you're going to have health issues for maybe the rest of your life and be more susceptible to other health issues for the rest of your life. So it's worth avoiding is the point. And if everybody realized that the small track owner, owner in Idaho realized like all of your customers, man, you want these customers and their kids for the next 10, 15 years. Keep them safe. You're not going to hit one home run on one night in the middle of July. Take the 25%. Let your racers race. Let them have a good time. Figure out. Learn another way to make some money uh, through this. And, uh, you know, put up a live stream. Do something. I don't know. That's that's what it's about right now. Who can uh, adapt, improvise, innovate, survive, and still play by the rules. And for the people who just don't want to believe that it's true, I don't know what to say. Call Bob Tasca. Call Jock. Yeah. Call these guys. Because I bet you Bob Tasca, he's part of our crew, Cam. He, he's the most, would re- much rather things be normal. Because he's sitting at home dealing with this. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and, and it is definitely, if you don't have the right mindset, right? So you go and you say, okay, I'm the, I'm the guy. It's not real. Okay, that's fine. You don't believe it's real. You do everything you possibly can to take care of you. And you take care of you, but don't be over here infecting other individuals spewing what you think is real or not real. You worry about you. Me, I'm over here going, I've got a wife who's immune compromised. Right. It's very, very, it's very real for me, right? And so... Do I believe it's real? I Yeah, I believe it's real. Do I believe like I want to do this or I want to do that? Well, no, I don't want to do all that stuff. But it's important for me to do it so that she can have a healthy life. And that's where it's like I'm the person. I'm looking at you going, are you really spewing stuff about humanity and mankind? If you did care about humanity and mankind, you'd shut your mouth and worry about you and not be over here worried about what I'm doing to take care of my family. You go worry about yours. And that, and Cam said it. You know, Facebook is like completely and early out of control. So is the mainstream media. But that's another topic. And I'm not getting off on the mainstream media because that's going to be straight up hashtag. 
Don's rant, and we're not going to do that because we're going <laughs> to talk about the Manscaped moment of the week. Cam, what do you got? I saw. I, look, I saw another Manscaped moment of the week, and this one's even better, right? Okay, because we we talked about the the, the lawnmower 3.0. But Manscaped, Manscaped themselves is are getting the Manscaped moment of the week because, dude, they just launched a brand new product from Manscaped, fingernail kit for men. And I'm telling you right now, as I'm sitting here, I have got this hangnail that is killing I'm say my your hangnail finger. Cl- yeah, your yes. hangnail claws. Look, I'm telling you, like three quarters of my finger is swollen right now, and I, I'm telling you, if I'd have had the Manscaped kit, the new nail trim kit, I'd be good. I, I wouldn't have had all this going on. But nonetheless, I'm giving my Manscaped moment of the week to Manscaped on their new product launch. Please go over to Manscaped.com and use discount code RIRC. And oh yeah, it's summertime, and your jewels be sweating. Grab yeah. some of the conditioner and make your jewels shine and happy. <laughs> well, from up, dude, it was the Fourth of July. There was there was nobody on the beach this weekend because of what was going on. But hey, there was still a bunch of people on their bikes and their board shorts and whatnot. And I don't want to see any bunch of hairy sasquatches running around. So they all need to go log on to manscaped.com and get you fixed up. Get it hemmed up and get it done right. Manscaped.com. R-I-R-C at checkout. Save yourself. Australia, our listeners in Australia, our listeners in Canada, they're shipping to you. Jump on it. Get after it. Send Cam's father-in-law a gift basket. All right. (laughs) When Angie hears that, she's going to be like, ugh, Don. Yeah, he's got a big old beard, too. Lately, he's got like the the Canadian uh, quarantine beard going. He can he can tune that thing up. <laughs> tune it up. Yeah, Joe. Let's jump off. Let's talk about some some positive. You're a media person. You have been around the world of motorsports, and I'm really dating myself right now. And I'm going to jump off a bridge and say that I've been listening to you for the better part of almost 20 years. How? When did you? What year did you start on XM Radio? Yikes. Uh, XM started, I was there in 2004, so not quite 20 years, but 2004, I went from Miami. I did a motorsports show and a kind of a guy talk entertainment show. And and by the way, guys, you know, it's funny that comes up coming out of Miami. One of my like super mentor co-workers, like through all of that period, just died last Friday. And so we're all dealing with that down here. And it's just, I've been doing a lot of reminiscing about those times, Don, that led me to XM, where you first heard me on NASCAR radio. And we just had so much fun doing sports talk radio, guy talk radio, which is kind of like hybrid uh, sports talk, guy talk, a little less sports nerdy. And uh, I started South Florida's first motorsports talk show in 1999. Like we were just uh, Saturday mornings. Of course, I was a licensed NHRA drag racer and bracket racer in the community, so I did a, a fair amount of that. But you think about that era, you know, Jeff Gordon is now the dominant guy, Earnhardt's still alive, all that stuff. Homestead Miami Speedway is really just kind of coming online with the Cup Series. And so I was able to fight my way on the air that way, and uh, that got me launched to go to XM NASCAR Radio, where we did that for couple of years, year and a half or so, and then NASCAR moved to Sirius. Remember, there were two satellite companies there, and Don was the wise young man who picked the correct one to have. 
<laughs> at the time, which just seemed so much better than serious, artfully wise, and as an employee, but that's a, a different story. And then when NASCAR radio moved, they said, like, ah, oh, they were panicking, and they're like, I was like, listen, guys, there's a lot of motorsports fans out there. Let's do a drag racing show. Let's do a, let's separate the days and talk about something different each day. And they gave me that opportunity. And so that's when I really believe it was the first nationwide syndicated drag racing themed show. And we had Reinhardt on. That's where I met him. And WFO Radio, the podcast and the stuff I'm doing on Facebook is just the continuation. You know, in 2009, the two companies merged. They blew out hundreds of people like, all right, all you XMers, we know you were better. You're fired. And so we all. <laughs> that's all went out. It was a one day. You want to know that you want to hear how this is a great story, radio industry. And that's where my mind is at. You know, radio industry these past couple of days. And the radio industry is a terrible industry. You love working there, which means it's, t- it's tough. Whenever you work someplace and everybody knows that you love being there, uh, other stuff is going to get tough. So somebody like logged in to check their vacation day and they found out like they had their termination day was set, you know, December 10th termination. <laughs> and so like wildfire around the studios. Hey, uh, Don, why don't you go on and check your vacation days and see if you've also been terminated? So like 180 people accidentally found out they were terminated prior to when they were supposed to find out because somebody keyed in something. And so you can imagine that was a sad day around the studio. But I started WFO, my own thing. I said, that's not going to happen to me again. I've got a nice audience. I'll figure it out. I've got the the drivers, the NHRA people. They were all very helpful. We launched WFO Radio. It, it was live streaming, and, and now it's podcast. And back to live streaming, thanks to Don mentioned StreamYard and all this Zoom stuff that's going on. The technology has caught up and enabled us. And so every week, Mellow Yellow Series winners. We have great guests. We've got great rapport with the drivers. They say things on my show that I think I'm not saying they don't say them anywhere else, but there's a comfort level, and it's been fun. And it, that's how I got the job with NHRA. They, they made me an announcer because they knew that I had a passion for the sport, that I knew the guys. Like Bob Fry said, I could string a couple of sentences together, and the rest is history. Don used to call in. Don, when we were doing NASCAR radio, Don would call in. Don, I, Don was friends with my friends uh, from the bracket racing community, Cam, like Troy yeah. Williams and those guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Long-time listener, first-time caller. But Don and I know each other from, I feel, Don, like I know you more as a racer and friend of my racer friends than anything else. I know you called in, but you were friends with Troy Williams, and you knew that you know that whole group of, of hardcore racers from South Florida because I spent my whole pre-radio career as a bracket racer at South, in South Florida, Moroso Motorsports Park, running the five-day, you know, chasing super pro points, that kind of stuff. And so that's... Were you a door car guy or a dragster guy? Both. I didn't... Were both. You? Okay. Yeah, both. Uh, but but uh, my success all came in the door slammer and my quickest DT slip, which is a 798, but I'm proud of it, man, uh, came in a dragster. I bought a dragster, Moroso Motorsports Park at the time, the track surface, guys, was... It was hairy. You can go back, and there were like several crashes at the time. I remember the top of my helmet hitting the roll cage in the lights at 168 miles an hour or something. Like a couple of three big, like, camelbacks, you know? And the last one, my helmet hit the top of the roll cage, and I said, This is, I don't think this is how it's supposed to feel. (laughs) 
<laughs> people cars were breaking and everything. They since resurfaced the track, but uh, put the dragster away at that point. That makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah Cam. I- so my experience getting to know Joe started off of XM because I was traveling my army deal. So the majority of my time listening to the radio was at late night drives, getting from location one to location two to be there the next morning. So Joe, I think Joe was like eight o'clock, eight o'clock time frame. Eight eight to ten. Ten. Yep. And so eight to Joe, ten. Joe would keep me awake for a few hours each night to help me uh, to get to certain spots. And the first time I met Joe face-to-face was actually at Orlando, at PRI, when we unveiled the first Mullis car, uh, the U.S. Army car there in the booth. And Joe walked up, and, and we actually got to meet face-to-face. I always thought Joe was much taller until I met him in person. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's what everybody says about me, too. That's good. That means that the you know the voice sounds. Uh, that's why I prefer to do my best work over the you know audio only. There you yeah. go. Unique. Audio. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Unique. Six foot tall, as opposed to uh, wherever I am. And me and Cam, we're we're race car driver size. That's, that's it. Right. Oh God, I'm not going to get off jo- on a tangent of short jokes. <laughs> or jockeys. Yeah, you'll have you'll have a four foot nothing or four foot nothing wife come trumping in here. If you yeah. start, if you start that, oh, should be all over it. Listen, we the, next time you're sitting in coach, Dom, think uh, think of us. That's think right. We dominate, <laughs> coach. We're comfortable. We're stretched out. We're feeling great, and you're all you're all crammed in there. Yeah. Next yeah. time you pay that extra eighty five bucks for that <laughs> extra comfort seat, the whole plane's a comfort seat, buddy. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I was gonna say, Joe, t- let's let's educate our audience a little bit on the things that media people are looking for, as that makes them interested in wanting to do interviews or write pieces or have call in Facebook Live. Spend the time to get the face. What are the things that media people in today's space are looking for? And how do they go about making sure that they can throw their hat in the ring and try to get themselves some limelight? No, I I love this question. It's something that I think is holding back racing of all kinds. Back in the day, you think about the guy who worked on the car and did everything. And those guys weren't necessarily also gregarious, big personalities going out searching for microphones to talk into. They were hard workers, uh, nose to the grindstone. And so the skill set was a little bit uh, different. But what what media people, and I don't know what other people media people like, but I know what I like. And I've done literally now the thousands of interviews with various uh, styles of race car driver. And I like someone who is going to be genuine. Uh, you know, I've done some media coaching with some people who are younger, who are coming into their own, and they, you know, what does it take to break through? So first of all, you have to think that people are watching, right? You can't, you want to be yourself, but you you are the focus of attention right now. And so when you're the focus of attention, it is my belief you need to be entertaining. Like you need to present in a way that will be equivalent to the attention you're getting. And you've seen many a boring interview and everybody knows what a boring interview is. And if you think you're doing a boring interview, then that's bad. 
So you need to work on it. And there are some people who are just great personalities. A guy like John Force, as we know his whole career arc, he's been pretty entertaining the whole way. We got guys like Stevie Fast who are just, if you are not on the air with Steve, he's still the same. That's him. So it's easy. But if you are a shy person and you want to be into racing and you want to get on people's shows and you want to push your brand, then you're going to have to work on it. Just like you work on your craft of racing. You don't just go out there uh, once and, and, and race and, and not hit the practice tree. You hit the practice tree. So you got to practice. You got to understand that people are going to ask you questions. And what do they want? They want answers. What kind of answers? Well, they want answers that are interesting. Now, don't lie. You don't ever lie. You don't ever make up something. You don't, uh, you know, create a false premise. That's not what we're talking about. But you got to be prepared to have a conversation with somebody and you got to be genuine and you got to push back and you've got to have an opinion and you've got to tell a little story. Think about John Force, another, our, our greatest example of this. How often does John get asked a question and then the answer he gives really doesn't have a whole lot to do with what he's <laughs> Not really. And he'll even say his joke, his line, it's a joke, it's a tag. He does it on purpose. What was your question? Because he just said, listen, you, you asked me a question. It was a decent question, but I'm going to give you something way better than that question that's going to entertain your people way more than your question would have, and then I'm going to put a joke on the end. That's what I just did with it because he's a character. He's a personality. Now, if you don't have the juice to do that, don't do it, okay? Only do what you're capable of doing, but if you're not capable, it's something to work on. You need to do training. You need to have people hit you with questions. You need to think about what you think about certain situations, like your sponsor, your sponsor's name. Like you guys just now, a minute ago, Don, you're doing a good job because you, you're in the biz, right? But you're talking about your CBD. You didn't just read the spot. You gave some examples. You talked about something that had to do that was near and dear to your heart, something that was personal. You blamed your wife for using it all. All of that stuff, that's interesting. That ties people in. Like it makes them feel like, oh man, you know, okay, this guy's just rapping to me as opposed to listing some sponsors. Here's the tagline. And every driver needs to be a bit of a personality. What you're doing is not normal. Strapping yourself into a fast car and going out and dragging it out to a track, traveling for two hours, spending a bunch of money to go out there and race, try to win money and be dominant. It's like, who does that? This is weird. Most people watch TV. They're already a character. <laughs> So just crank it up a bit. Realize what you're doing is special. Realize what you're doing is special. It's different. And don't be afraid to talk because that's the worst, being afraid to talk. Now, you know, what's your thing? Like what makes you better or different than the next guy? Like there's a whole bunch of racers. There's 50 of them out there at the track every weekend. What's different from this guy to this guy to this guy? I don't know. And that's up to you to determine. Like Don is a perfect example. Don, you know, he's the army guy. He, he's out there trying to make a living. He's, he's not an army guy that's not Tony Schumacher. He's a drag racer who's trying to make a living at a small level. And he's like fighting and clawing his way up. That's always how I kind of viewed you, Don. And why I always like whenever you wanted to come on the show, you came on the show because that's the way I viewed you. You, you pitched it to me and I bought it. Whether that was true, you know, you could tell me now. It's okay. <laughs> It's totally true. I'm still doing it. What the hell? Right. <laughs> but it would make me think of like Tony Schumacher and what he did. And that's like, here's Don O'Neill. Don served. He was a lifer. Right. And he loves drag racing. And who deserves some attention? 
obviously this guy. And that, that's what you have to do. The people you got a story to tell. You got to have a story to tell. Cam, you've got a good one also. And I, I hear anecdotally that uh, you're, you're very uh, popular and that people want to hear your story. You've got to have a story to tell and know how to tell it. And your 30-second elevator pitch that you make people do, it isn't, it's not always just natural. You got to work on it. You got to practice it. You got to think about it. You got to realize what's cool, what's not cool, what to say, what not to say. Yeah, you know, like uh, the presidential politics, probably not the best thing to bring up <laughs> in your first or second interview uh, when you're going to turn off half the audience, no matter how you do it. But that's exactly the thing. No, and that came up. I came up this week. I posted that on Facebook. I had somebody who says that they have listened to our show, and they sent me a, a message, and they were like, you know, are sponsors looking back at like what we're liking or commenting on when it comes to racism and politics? And I saw that post. Yeah, and I'm going absolutely. Why would you think that yeah. they wouldn't be? Hello. Yeah. Okay, so if we're that's where we are, then it's a sad position. But you, we've already like here we are. Cam, I guess you're the youngest. Don, you're in the middle, and I'm older a little bit. But we, I think we all agree that what's happening to the Facebook is just sad. It's just like a cesspool of negativity and fakery, and and it's just a sad situation. But of course, every channel that you have to post is going to be inspected by someone that is going to give you money. They are going to make sure they are not getting in bed with somebody who's got some negative stuff. The horse is out of the gate on that one. Everybody knows, and it goes way back. Uh, and, and to the point, I did a show for a, a lawyer, and he this was kind of early on in social, a little earlier on, and he said, oh, yeah, not only that, but they go back and, and they'll see things what you've done and who you've worked with and whether you worked with a rival, what you might know. There's just many layers. You're exposing so much about yourself on social media. And so his take was, don't be afraid to lie on there. Don't be afraid to lie about some of the great things that you actually haven't done. Like when I post pictures of myself volunteering at the local soup kitchen, helping out the homeless, working with Big Brothers Big Sisters. And I was like, are you serious? You think people should be lying on their social media? He goes, your social media, and I'm not saying people you should lie on your social media. That's not the thing. But <laughs> it happens. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> his, his take, his take professionally was that you should make your social media look as good as possible. And it is going to be reviewed many, many this times. This guy is a saint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is exactly the kind of guy I want to work with. But again, don't lie on your social media, people. It, it totally is. I, I actually, I guess it's probably been, ugh, I guess that makes, yeah, five or six years ago, six. Yeah, six years ago, I actually had a company that I was talking to who didn't want to move further on in the conversations uh, until I signed a non-disclosure agreement with them because of another company that had bought a company that I was I had worked with previously. They got shut down and they bought the brand and, and it was kind of a deal. And they were like, 
yeah, we don't win any trade secrets. And that's, I mean, that was legitimately what they, you know, they were like, what do you know? You know, what can you share? And so we don't want to do that. So we want you to sign a non-disclosure before, you know, before we continue the conversation. And I was like, and that's exactly, exactly how that lawyer, you know, they're going to go back and see who you, you know, they obviously knew who I had talked to or been associated with. And they want, you know, I mean, that's fair. And, and these people that are out here on social media, and, and Facebook is, Facebook is just, it's starting to become Washington, D.C. It's starting to look like the political swamp that needs to get drained. It's, well, well, yeah, it's, I can't even tell you how many times just, well, like when I was at Race Pack and everybody would, you know, you'd see these people MF and, oh, well, this thing didn't work, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, you look at your caller ID or you get a message from somebody and it's the same person three weeks later wanting something for free. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> nice try. You know. Well, it, it, I, I say it, and I, you know, I don't want to say this on your show, but I will. Uh, that's what we're here for. Yeah. It's a toilet for negativity, the social media. And when I say it's a toilet, like everybody knows that you have to go evacuate in there. You got to push it out. You got to get rid of it. And you got to send it away. There's a lot of people who have negative energy in their lives, even for just a minute or two. And it boils up within them. And what can they do with it? What can they do with it? Are they going to say something to their boss? Probably not. They're going to say something to their wife. That's probably a bad idea. They're going to go just engage with their friends in a negative way. Probably not. The social media has enabled these people to release their negative energy about whatever it is that's bothering them at the moment. So that guy you just mentioned, Cam, you know, he was having a bad day. He couldn't figure out the deal. It was fighting. Right. I mean, we've all been there. Of and course. The first thing he does, you know what? I'm going to go up and blow these people up on the social media. And he does it and he puts it out there and he feels great about it. And then he walks back and he gets it to work and he thinks it's great and he forgets all about it. And next thing you know, you know, 500 people have read his post, got a miss, uh, you know, diagnosis of what it was, have created an opinion about the product, all because of that one minute of negativity. And I think that's what happens all over social media at the same time. So it's a, it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing, which is why I recommend, you know, I think racers should have a page for their race team and keep their personal, uh, like I wish I could go back and make my Facebook. Who knew it was going to be what it was? I would have locked it down and had like very limited friends if I could go back and I would keep it tight. But I feel like that's what Instagram is. Instagram is tight for me. It's like I, I, I follow a few people. Whoever follows me, they can follow me if they want. WFO Joe, but it's, it's just life stuff. And I like the racing stuff like with WFO radio. It's got its own pages. It's got its own stuff. It's about the show. It's not me necessarily. It's the show. And that goes on over there, and you can do that with your racing team as well, and then just be Don O'Neill, regular Don. Lieutenant yeah, Don. You know, you know, though, I'll tell you this, Joe. I have a problem with anybody who just wants to get out there, and there is, there is a racer that was on Facebook last week, and he's got a pretty prominent corporate company. And he was spewing politicalness. And I'm sitting there going, I cannot be the only person that knows that this person is sponsored by so-and-so. And here they are with the picture of the logo of the company as their profile. 
and wearing the hat spew- and the t-shirt spew- <laughs> spewing just spewing and i'm sitting here going is there any way in hell that the marketing department is not going bob cut him off i mean how is that not happening well, and the thing about politics now, and I lament this because I, you know, my, you, Don, you served. My dad served. I was raised in a military family. My dad was a Marine Corps drill instructor. The whole idea of the military is apolitical. Like, I really feel like uh, what has happened over the last, whatever, 20 years or longer is n- not productive, not good. Like, the other political party is not the enemy. You really should be able to work together and sort it out. And that's that's what it should be. But there are people who made millions and millions of dollars by portraying, you know, once the, the, the Soviet Union collapsed and we didn't have like a real scary enemy that was like always trying to get us, even though they're still very scary because they got nuclear weapons. Uh, you know, we turned inward and now the enemy is, uh, you know, the other party, whoever you are, both parties, like the other party is the, uh, is the enemy. That's very unhealthy and we're seeing it. And the idea that we agree on racing, we agree on, you know, hot dogs and baseball and we love our families and we're all going out to work, but there's also this like anger and hatred that's welling up it's it's very bad and to drag in your profession to drag in your sponsor to drag in your your work related uh, people it's just unwise because why why do it why do it like i think more needs to be invested now i've i've made some comments i've had some posts i've done some things but those are all away from my profession they're all with friends casually that kind of thing to make uh, a stance about uh, you know about some political issue you're definitely going to alienate a lot of people because we're in a new universe now where if you're not in agreements if you're not with me you're against me which is not the way it should be it should be if you're not with me right now like let's find out why and talk about it and you're definitely with me on 15 other things so it's okay Totally. Oh, that, yeah. That Don gets so spun up about about that stuff, and I mean, I do too. I, but I don't even really even like to talk about it because you don't want to slip and say you, your opinion on on something that's not even related to the political party, and you're just like, oh man, now I'm yeah. labeled as that. You know, don't want to be labeled. Right, label being labeled very bad. But th- at the same time, though, you know, uh, like I said, like Don, a a political military should be apolitical, and. You can have an opinion and still present apolitically and, you know, respect. People want to be heard. They want to be respected. You can offer those things. You can listen. You can respect. And even the ones that go over the top, that's their business. They are choosing that and the system will work. The system will work itself out. Oh, wow. That happened. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that being said, Joe, so how often do you just open up your inbox and you get requests from racers and they're just you know they're they're downtown billy white shoes johnson in earlville iowa who runs at knoxville speedway in a wing sprint car and he's sending you an email because hey i'd really like to be on your show sometime sometimes not all the time sometimes uh, I have people, and most of the time, if it's something like sprint, like a, like that guy that you just mentioned, it depends on the story, and it depends on the the way they reach out. Our schedule is pretty tight. 
I am at mostly max capacity with rounding up the Mellow Yellow series winners, doing my ignition show, like staying on top of everything. So to get together with an interview with someone that I don't know who they are at all, and they're in a local situation, like it depends. But it happens from time to time. And some of the ones that we have received, I I do, because I want to mix it up. Like I know that talking to Ron Caps and Antron Brown and John Forrest, like if you do it every single weekend, you're, people will get used to it, right? So I, I like to mix it up every now and again. But the presentation, the how you do it, the hook, the typed in elevator pitch, like, hey, listen to the show, know the show. If they don't know the show at all, though, if it's just like a mass text, then probably not. You got to know the show. And I'm sure you guys get that too. Hey, heard oh, you yeah. got a podcast. I want to be on your podcast. Well, you know, okay, that's great. But I have worked really hard to make this podcast space valuable. So by yeah. being on this podcast, you're getting this a uh, value. So, you know, sorry, but you're getting my hard work. Yeah, absolutely. you're getting you're getting the focus of these X amount of people who are watching and listening and viewing and, and trust WFO. Why? What's why am I doing that? What's the point? Now, it's not that they have to provide something, but there's got to be entertainment value for the audience. There's got to be a good story. There's got to be something they can get behind. There's got to be something for that audience. You don't put somebody on your audience that isn't going to be beneficial to them as entertainment or knowledgeable or something. That's To me, that's the relationship between the host and the audience. They listen because they trust you. They listen because they... They have decided that what you have to say is worthwhile, and that trust that you have between them and you is the most valuable thing you have. So when Jimmy Joe Bob from Earlville, Iowa, decides he wants to come on and you don't know who he is and he's got nothing, then that's that's bad. So there's got to be like a threshold to be Couldn't on the agree show. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I'm glad I made it. I'm glad I made it onto racer, racers and rental cars because I have obviously crossed, crossed the threshold. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Don, he, Don's been wanting to get you on this show for a very, very long time. So it's it's an honor to have you on the show. I don't believe it, Cam. I don't no, it's, it's true story. Is it? There, is that, there, there, it is. Joe, there is one thing about the, the space that we're in before we, before we send you on your way. Be, you know, and you were involved in the article that Johnny D at Drag Racing Edge wrote, and, and as, as we were, uh, and you are, you are the, you know, hands down, you're the godfather for anything that's the motorsports related in the streaming process, the podcast, the radio, being able to do the interviews and it, letting it be specifically about motorsports and drag racing more so than anything. Of course, NASCAR radio and Dave Moody and all the groups that they have there, uh, is is what that is that's nascar radio uh but as far as drag racing goes and looking at it you you set the bar that people like loans and us and and even you know bogak and and jared that we're out here that we're trying to you know not make the bar be so close to the ground or, or drag the bar back down to the ground if you will because we're all passionate about our specific little groups in drag racing, you know, whether it's the bracket racing world or the touring series or class racing or, or whatever the case may be. And for Cam and I to, to you know, take the motor, m- motorsports 
the motorsports aspect of saying, hey, we're going to talk about the business side of it because we feel like that's where the next generation is looking at and, and where it needs to go. We want people to do it the right way and not the wrong way. And Cam and I know how many wrong ways to do it. We want to share those experiences. We look at it the same way uh, about listening to your show. There are things that you and your production team that you guys do that I listen and and it's like, man, we, we need to do that and and so forth. And I don't want to... Uh, miss out on the opportunities to pick your brain about certain things like that. So Cam, Cam's Cam's right. I loaned you. I mean, we. I want to hear uh, what we're doing wrong. I think I've told you that before in the tower. Whether I was holding on to the microphone, uh, you're somebody. You Reinhardt loans. I'm, I look up to you guys. Is there's not a a peer group out there that we all chime in and we all got the secret squirrel ring to go along that we can uh, get critiqued and, and criticisms and pointers and so forth. So uh, Cam's right about that. Uh, love everything you do for the sport that we're greatly involved in and appreciate you taking some time out to come on the show. Well, no, I appreciate it. And I, it's been an honor to be on the show and, uh, you know, loans reached out and it, it's, I love being a guest because it's like taking a ride versus going on a drive. Like when you're driving the car yourself, not talking about racing folks, talking about like, uh, you know, from here to there, 30 minute ride. Like it's nice to be in the passenger seat and see where it's going to go and respond rather than driving the show. We all must realize that this sport that we love is tiny and there's no guarantee that it will go on forever. And it's only the passions of people like yourselves that are going to drive it for the next 10, 15 20 years. It's fragile. It's small. It's not the NFL. It's not Major League Baseball. I know a lot of people think that it is, and there's people who think that the NHRA is sitting on this mint of money and everything, and I hope that they are, but I'm preparing for them to not. I know it's a relatively small sport that's driven by the passions of few people like us. And so when people ask me, like when you guys started and others started their podcast, like, am I concerned that there's going to be other podcasts? And the answer is absolutely not. We need more podcasts. My show has grown because of your show, because you guys are out there promoting a podcast and there's a lot of old dudes that still had flip phones and their kid gets them an iPhone and they realize, oh, I can hear drag racing on here and they do it. But when I was the only person saying podcast, 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 I can only affect as many people as I can affect and convince. But then Don is out there and Luke is out there and Brian is out there and they're all saying podcast. Johnny D didn't do. First of all, it's hysterical because Johnny D, I, I laughed at him uh, real quick. I know you, I know we got to get out of here, but he's like, I'm thinking of doing a show about podcasting. <laughs> That's great. It seems so good. And Johnny D. This thing's been around for a long time, man. You better get it get it in quick because pretty soon it's not going to be the thing anymore. This is going to be a new thing. And there already is the live streaming, you know, like video stuff. I told him, I was like, it's good that you got that podcast episode in because now people are moving on to other stuff too. There will always be a spot for podcasting for the audio only person that's going over the road, can't be watching a screen that wants to listen, working on a machine, working in a shop, earbud in, that person who is listen only. There's a, a place for that person, and you guys are drag racing, and you're doing it, and you're tacking it from a different angle, and we're all growing together because my audience, they're going to go on there, and they're going to see racers and rental cars. What is that? Let me try it. And they'll either like it, or they won't like it, or they'll like it once and come back. That's what it is. And I think that drag racing 
of all these different sports, okay, it's I'm not talking about the NFL because there's a million people who do who do that. But for the motorsports, I think drag racing has the most dynamic podcast menu. You got the sportsman stuff, the business stuff, me with the big show interviews, like that's what I would say I do. I do interviews. Uh, my ignition show is entertainment. But we have got a selection. You could listen all day to just drag racing podcasts. If you wanted to, and that is good, and you guys are doing a great job, and I really like being on, and thank you. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. You gonna let him go without without your questions? Not a freaking chance. He's got to. Okay, I'm just I just uh, checking. What is it? Joe, right. Yeah, <laughs> Joe. Everybody that comes on the show gets their parting shots. They got to answer two questions on your way out the door. The first one is: you get to send one Christmas card to anybody in motorsports, alive or dead. Who are you sending it to? A Christmas card to anyone alive or dead in all of motorsports. You know, I, I'm so happy that my father is still with me. It would obviously be a family member, but he got me into racing and everything. And so I am going to say Dale Earnhardt. Ooh. Dale Earnhardt. He's not a drag Absolutely. racer, but, but the, swag, okay. the swagger. I would say Absolutely. Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, that's three yeah. for Dale. Senior, he leads the scoreboard. He leads the scoreboard yeah. for Christmas cars. All yeah. right, now this is the one that we always enjoy. Someone of your stature, this will be so much fun. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Wow, I, I, I'm on the spot here. Like, there's a long list of people that I would love to send. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I, I'm gonna, so give me the Jeopardy sound or something and I'll figure it. <laughs> what is, we are not a high end show. What <laughs> are you doing? Um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. You're tripping me up on this one because I normally am, am pretty, uh, oh, come pretty on. positive. Glasses half full. I'm a glasses half full guy. I'm not really saying WTF to too many people. Like right at this moment, I would say to the people right now in motorsports who are suggesting that all this uh, health stuff is false and made up, I would say that because they're holding the sport back. They're holding us back right now. Like I would like to, I know that's not one person, but it's definitely a group of people and it's a class of, of, of racing racers and race that, that they're just like saying, ah, oh, no, what are you wearing that mask for? I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not doing that stuff. It's all BS. Like those people. It's like, guys, please, do you want to go racing? I want to go racing. We need you to get on the same page with us and take it seriously. So I would say WTF to the people who are not taking it seriously. There you go, WTF from WFO. Thank you so, for accepting that, Cam. I don't think Don wanted to accept that answer, but I, I accept it. I, that, that's a good one because it's true. I've got hey, top Joe, We we don't get too political on here, but Cam's a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks white claws. Has Jerusalem for, white for shoes. <laughs> I had a white claw. Listen, I believe in balance, man. The world needs balance. You know, you got to have everything. You got to have both. That's what makes America great. Is you got to have right and you got to have left. You got to have yin. You got to have yang. You got to you got to have balance. And that's you what it's have about. Cam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to have cam. I don't know why cam. You're not. It's not. Uh, it's not a feminine drink. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, hey, I don't got a don't see. Don forgot to reference this. He, I sent a special request 
to him in St. Louis, and he didn't even bring it up at all. I had Hold a on. tall boy. You okay, go ahead, finish. I got it. It's in the fridge. I haven't drank it yet. I actually, you better freaking drink it. I had it delivered to the racetrack. A tall boy White Claw because he talked so much shit on me <laughs> drinking White Claw when there's no more beer in the fridge. So one, two times, you know, it happens, you know. And so I had a tall boy White Claw delivered to St. Uh, was it Gateway? Where the hell were you? Yeah, St. Louis. It was yeah. two weeks to go to the racetrack. And, yeah. Uh, and I told Corey, I said, I said, look, I said, I'm not drinking it. I'm putting it in the fridge. And I'm going to keep it until the first time Cam and I are at the racetrack together and we're going to live stream, we're going to video me pouring out Cam's White Claw on the ground. <laughs> you should drink it. First of all, the White Claw is not terrible. It serves a purpose. It does. serves a purpose and it's, it's almost, I don't want to say healthy, that would be wrong, but it's definitely <laughs> less unhealthy than some of the other stuff. And uh, the chicks love it. So there you go. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I do have I do have a crew that's coming in uh, for Columbus, and they drink White Claw. They're going to be crewing for me for the week. Let, let, me turn, let me turn the tables on you real quick, Don. I know you guys are doing this, and, and everybody that's listening right now, and you're pushing it out there, you're racing right now. So this is a big race, even if you – so what's your plan? Uh, for Indy, the plan is to – avenge my horrible performance at the U.S. Nationals from last year. I cannot be more... I know, you know, we're supposed to be like golfers, you know, you forget your last shot. Um, my last attempt at, at Indy for the first annual, first time to have NHRA top sportsman at the U.S. Nationals, I failed miserably with my tuning calls. I let my emotions get in the way. Uh, very disappointed. Low point for me. Uh, to have a car that's definitely quick enough to qualify there at Indy and did not qualify. And so I, my goal this week uh, is to make two solid performance qualifying shots and avenge my just dismal performance. And I can't be any more sincere about that uh, statement. And anything above that is just going to be icing on the cake. And who knows, maybe come Sunday afternoon, uh, I'll take advantage of having four chances to win a Wally at Lucas Oil Raceway this year in 2020. Well, good luck. I, I wish you the best, and you deserve it, and uh, I can't wait. And, you know, like Cam and I, I'll be watching. We'll be watching yes. from afar. Oh, yes. Cam, I'll text you during when Don comes yeah. out. We'll take a sip of White Claw. Perfect. <laughs> Joe, tell everybody where to find you at as you leave out. Yes, uh, I would prefer that you podcast listeners be sure to subscribe to the WFO radio podcast. WFO stands for wide freaking open, or if you want to take it to the next level, you can. I'm WFO Joe on Instagram and on Twitter, and we're all our social channels. The Facebook page, WFO Radio, NHRA Drag Racing, NASCAR, and Motorsports Podcast. A very long name, but you'll definitely find us any one of those channels or WFORadio.com. You can find all of our shows. You can subscribe from a thousand different ways. We're wherever you find your podcast. We try to have fun. We try to be entertaining, and we have a lot of great guests. In fact, after you finish with this one, you can go to ours and hear Ron Caps and Tommy Johnson Jr. and Jack Beckman and Antron Brown. We're basically doing all DSR as we get ready to go. They're having a big media availability as we get ready to go racing. And who knows who's going to win this thing? It's going to be great. And Cam, you, uh, when, when you get out there, we are excited to have you on the show again also. Absolutely. I, I've been on it. I actually made my debut in Top Fuel and 
WFO radio was the first uh, interview that I did. So that's pretty damn cool. Is that so, true? That's, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was my first podcast I ever did in 2016, and you were the guy. Ah, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for doing it. Well, it's uh, it's amazing. Like Megan, uh, also the first interview she ever did was with us, and I, you know, I'm proud of that. Thank you. That's cool. Hell yeah. All right, Joe. Right, you have a good evening. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, sir. Thank you so much. Later, guys. See you. Thanks, Joe. Cam, I hate running long, but you know what? I cannot. I, we could do a two, three-hour show with Joe. Uh, just the, the topics and, and the experience factor and, and his knowledge base. And and uh, there's never a time that I'm around him at the racetrack or even through text messages when he'll just send me a little nugget of something that he heard me say or do or, hey, I should do this or try that or look at this. Uh, really appreciate Joe taking time out to come on the show. Yeah, no, he's always been a super cool guy at the track to, to myself and, uh, you know, my team members and friends and family. So um, it's cool to have a guy, like you say, of that caliber on the show. Um, I guess we're moving on up in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, and with that said, I mean, you better get your ass out there. I hope by the looks of the weather I just saw, it's going to be like 109 out there. So you're probably not going to be wearing a Racers and Rental Cars hoodie that you bought from RacersandRentalCars.com. But we have shirts and hats to keep, you know, that nice little haircut you got. I don't want you to get your, your scalp all, all sunburned there, buddy. So you should get yourself a hat, too, and so should everybody else. And in the meantime, when you buy all them hats, you better make sure you load them up into an LB trailer from Lance over there at LB Trailer Sales. And if there's any extra room, Motion Raceworks has plenty of parts available for you. And they're made in the USA. Absolutely, and if you have not caught up with all of the social media content that the Motion Raceworks Motion Raceworks guys put together during Rocky Mountain Week, oh my God, they bought a hoopty car, put nitrous on it, and just kept getting faster until they melted it down. And you need to go check that out. Go over to Motion Raceworks on Facebook, YouTube. Tell them that you heard it here at Racers and Rental Cars. Pick yourself up a retro tee from Doug and the crew over there. Cam, I got to get loaded. I got to go racing. Whatever. See you later. See you. Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Brought to you by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by MotionRaceworks.com for all of your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, MotionRaceworks.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. I need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that racers and rental cars sent you. Thank you for listening to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Motion Raceworks. 
performance data systems, streetway marketing and media, and stupid fast racing, and racersandrentalcars.com.